Welcome to the Sorry-Eyed Effect. I'm Steph. And I'm Jen. On this podcast, we'll be chatting about all things Williams Syndrome. The ups and downs, and what it's like living with Williams Syndrome. We're excited to share our community with you. Thanks for being here. Excited to be doing this. I'm Steph. Steph, I'm so excited too. This is like your dream come true, right? This is a vision you had. Yes. And when I found out it was a go, I was jumping up and down like a little kid. It was, it's amazing. I'm really happy and very excited and just ready for everyone to know what Williams Syndrome is about and the awareness about it and everything that has to come. I have met a lot of people with Williams Syndrome, but I hadn't met you yet. Would you tell the audience a little bit about yourself? Yes. Um, at the age of five, I was diagnosed with Williams Syndrome. And from the age of five up, to now I've had open heart surgery at 18. I had two kidney bypasses because with the Williams syndrome, there's a lot of health problems like kidney issues, heart issues, um, valve issues. But I mean, I have had the best life I could ever ask for. I have the best parents. I have the best sister. Um, I've been on so many vacations. I've been to Hawaii seven times. I actually got to meet um, Dwayne Johnson, The Rock. My sister oh, surprised me with that, and I almost died. <laughs> I almost fainted. So it, it was great. It was just. I've just had the best life I could ever ask for. How old are you now? I am going to be 39 on February 24th. Woo! That's awesome. I know. 39 <laughs> and holding, right? Oh, yeah. I, we're going to have so many fun things to talk about on this podcast, um, especially because I think we share a lot of like fangirling moments for people. I love The Rock, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> So my daughter, Stella, uh, is 12 now. She's almost 13. And uh-huh. she was also diagnosed at five with Williams syndrome. So I, it's interesting, and I'm sure we'll talk about it more, but late diagnosis Cs are real common in our community. Um, so I think that you're going to have a lot to share with the community about your journey and what that looks like. Mm-hmm, so definitely. Tell everybody how this podcast is going to be structured. This podcast is going to be about awareness and there's going to be other subjects like, um, like self-awareness and LGBTQ and education, right? We're going to talk about education. We're going to talk about all all different types of stuff. Like I want to make sure like awareness about like, um, Anxiety and stress and depression is important to talk about, too. 
that's a very big thing that I think a lot of people don't understand about people with Williams syndrome, that they have anxiety. It's just like everybody else and depression. And I'm just so excited to talk about everything. I really am. So we're going to have one. It sounds like every week we're going to or every few weeks. I'm not sure what our schedule looks like yet, but we're going to have a guest on to talk about their journey living with Williams syndrome. Right. And then we may have somebody else on that talks about how they support the Williams syndrome community, whether that be with education, whether that be with mental health, like you were talking about, um, or even like on the medical side, which is a whole, yes. as you mentioned, there's a whole array of things that our people need. Oh yeah, definitely. And more support in schools, like people Amen, with, more support people in with disabilities get like really, um, when I was in school, I used to get teased and beat up and everything um, in school. And like, I wasn't supported by many people. So I mean, I really think schools need to be more visual in about how they treat people and talk to them. Absolutely. I agree. I'm all about that. That's my snaps it's when I get excited about something. <laughs> all right. Well, that's what we're here to do. We're here to do all the things. Can we right. do all the stuff? Do you think we can do all the things? Oh, yeah. Good. Well, that was me exciting. Okay. Our first guest is Brendan Lemieux. He has Williams syndrome and was diagnosed at 12 years old. Now he's 33. And in addition to being an accomplished musician, he is a member of our board of trustees. I had the pleasure of meeting Brendan this summer at our Williams syndrome convention. And I'm so excited that he's here today. Hi, Brendan. Hi, Jan. Good. How are you? Well, I introduced you uh, already. And I told everybody I had the pleasure of meeting you at the Williams Syndrome Convention. Um, and I'm so happy to see you again. Can you share with those that don't know you, like who you are and what you're about? Um, okay. Well, my name is Brendan Mew. Uh, I'm 35. I have Williams Syndrome. I wasn't diagnosed until I was almost 13. Okay. Uh, yeah, so I was actually misdiagnosed and then properly diagnosed later on. Um, music is a very, very big passion of mine. I was in four bands before the pandemic hit. Um, so that really, the pandemic really took a, a beating, so to speak, you know, in the music industry and me being able to get out and play music and things like that um but you know now slowly but surely i'm getting back out there and uh gonna start playing music again um i'm on the board i've been on the board for the past two years which has been nothing short of amazing um it's taught me a lot about myself and it's taught me a lot about what goes on behind the scenes, you know, when it comes to making big decisions, you know, like choosing the new executive director or 
you know, things along those lines. Um, I've been on, I was on a board before, but it was nothing like this level, you know, so it's, it's been uh, an incredible two years so far. That is, uh, I mean, I love that you're on the board and I love that you are representing the voice of people with Williams syndrome because you, you and Steph know better than anybody else what you guys need to be successful. Um, what are you doing now? You were saying that you're, you were in bands. Are you still doing music? Um, it's still because of the pandemic, it's been pretty hard. I have only had like four gigs in like the last three years, which is, it's been rough, you know, um, because of the, the pandemic and the, the way that the music industry took a hit. Um, but I want to get back out there. I'm also in the pro you know starting to try and look for a part-time job to keep myself busy um i live part-time with my uncle um and that's going well um and i was involved with best buddies for 20 years and um now that i'm on the board that's taken a kind of a back seat um but i'm just trying to stay busy stay productive and i spend a lot of time with my family too that's cool. Yeah, you. I think you and Steph might live close to each other. Have yes. you met Steph? Meet meet Brandon. Brandon meet Steph. Hi. Hi. <laughs> I live in New Hampshire. Yep. So she's. I'm in Connecticut. So she's above. Oh. You know, statewide. Okay. Yeah. Oh wow. You guys are pretty close. Um, I know yeah. Steph has questions for you. Steph, do you want to take it from here? Yes. So Brendan, I know you're into music. What types of music do you love and enjoy the most? For me, I love the Beatles. I I love um Fleetwood Mac. I love a lot of music. Um, I'm just a big music person like you are, but I don't play any instruments. Yeah. Um, my, my favorite genre of music has to be progressive rock just mm. because of how complicated it is and all the, <laughs> yeah. the rhythmical patterns, like bands like Yes, Rush, Dream Theater, Deep Purple. Um, but I studied Latin jazz and blues jazz for three years at a community music school. Um, so I have that background. Um, I love every, any kind of music, except for like real twangy country. Mm -hmm. Most rap. Um, I had, I also had my own band for 10 years and we, we're a cover band, so we played everything from Kelly Clarkson to the Beatles to Cindy Lauper, Coldplay, uh, to Bon Jovi, to Elvis. So we, we oh. covered a lot of genres. Wow. Yeah. That is incredible. Yeah, what was... instruments do you play right now or instruments? Well, drums. Drums are my primary instrument. Um those I've been playing drums I started when I was three. Uh, 
So that's been 32 years. And then I started playing professionally when I was 12, just around 12 is when I had my like real gig, uh, played at a wedding with my uncle, uh, who I still play, who I live with part time. And we still play music together. <laughs> so so yeah. drums are your main thing. Do you play guitar? Yes. Guitar, uh, bass guitar, acoustic guitar. Electric guitar. I also build guitars. Uh, oh, I, wow. Well, when I had free time. <laughs> I know. I feel like you don't have any free time. I know you were like, I need a job to keep myself busy, but I feel like you're really busy already. Oops. So. Uh, so tell us like a little bit more. I mean, I know just from my daughter, Stella, having Williams syndrome, that music is such a foundational part of like who people with Williams syndrome are and like you play instruments but stuff doesn't yet you both share uh you know collective passion for music how do you think that that helps you with your disability music music to me is everything um it saves helps me you know it saves me from a lot a lot of different things going down the wrong path um you know it it's the only thing that I listen to that will help calm me down or, you know, it just invokes certain feelings and it's, it's inspirational, you know, mm -hmm. it's a, yeah, it's everything and anything. That's a good way to say it. You probably feel the same way, right, Steph? Oh my God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Maybe you guys could talk about your, um, like how music, maybe a little bit more about how music helps with like your anxiety or your mental health. I know it helps me immensely. Yeah. I Oh, it helps me a lot. I, I have seasonal situational depression sometimes. Me too. Um, so when I get feeling that way, I turn right away to music and it and it just it helps kind of level everything out and helps me look at things differently and helps me feel better about myself and the situation. I so agree a hundred percent on that. I get like that too, and music is such an amazing thing for yeah. me. It helps a lot. Like when I'm down, I just listen to music and it just makes me feel so good. Yeah, it's it's very, very healing. And it's a power <laughs> music such is such a powerful thing, you know? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Do you use it like on the like a positive side to you, like to get you pumped up and energetic? Like I have a weird thing where I listen to DMX, like before I have um, <laughs> like business meetings. I know that's kind of strange. Yeah. Like what music gets you excited? It gets you pumped up. Ooh, Led Zeppelin. I love Led Zeppelin. Uh -huh. My mom and I will, if we're going to a, a music event or an event together, we'll blast all different kinds of music together to just get each other pumped up and it, it makes everything much better. <laughs> yeah. 
Seth, what about you? I like a lot of different music. Like when we go on vacations, I love reggae music. I love like Michael Jackson and um, Crosby, Stills, and Ash Young, Fleetwood Mac, uh, Beatles. I grew up with all that and The Who. So I just love music. Music is such an amazing thing. And I learned something that I never knew I thought I would learn is that from when you have a headphone in, there's three different pieces of bone that vibrate and mm. the um, stuff inside of your ear is not actually like a bone. It's like water and it goes into the water and it vibrates and then it goes right through to your brain and it composes music into your brain and out to your ear, which is really amazing. That's awesome. You learn something new every day. Yeah, you do. Definitely. Yes. Yep. yep. Hey, Brendan, how, so you mentioned before you were diagnosed um, with something different before Williams syndrome. How has the diagnosis of Williams syndrome helped you in your journey? Or um, is there anything that you want people to know about living with Williams Getting diagnosed in the beginning was really rough for me um just because usually people with one syndrome get diagnosed at like three to six months mm -hmm. and i was misdiagnosed with adhd and was put on ritalin and all this other kind of stuff which turned me into pretty much a monster you know and once you know mood swings all this other kind of stuff and it was just it was bad and then once I got properly diagnosed with Williams syndrome, you know, it took me a little while to understand it. Um, but then I went to my first music camp with people that had Williams syndrome. And I was like, oh, so this is what it's like. <laughs> I'm not alone anymore. You know, I... Mm -hmm. found my calling I then I was like all right now I know what I meant to do you know yeah well uh, yeah and here I am you know full circle you know two years on the board you know it if I didn't have one syndrome I wouldn't be where I am at today you know it would be di very different yeah, absolutely. Well, I know I appreciate the work that you do on the board. Um, I have this dream for Stella that she is going to do great things like you one day. And um, that's why I'm here is because you guys motivate me to keep that um, philosophy always like in the front of my mind. Steph, do you have other questions for Brendan or... Um, I know for a lot of people, pets are very healing. Do you have any animals that you like that are very healing for you? Like, especially at the hard times when you're really upset and you feel alone and... Uh, well, 
I personally don't have any pets, um, but my uncle that I live with has a cat named Finn, and he's oh. an absolute character. Um, <laughs> he acts like a dog. He will chase you around the house, play oh. fetch with you, uh, cuddle with you. Oh. Um, very affectionate. Um, my sister has two cats, um, Nessie and Dragon. Mm. And then my aunt and uncle have two dogs, Chloe and Bailey. Oh, wow. Take care of them and hang out with them, you know, when I can. And um, I spend the most amount of time with Finn because I live with my uncle part-time and so he Finn is an absolute lap cat and uh yeah mm. it's the funniest cat ever we call him the acrobatic kitty because when you play with him he'll literally do flips mm. in the air <laughs> that's cute it's funny so well we already had our first blooper with Steph's cat, he knocked over the the light and the computer. So I know those cats. Are doing things. Yeah, if usually if I'm doing something like this, I'll be up in my room and I'll keep the door closed just so he won't come in. And I mean, he could come in, but then could turn into something. So I'm just like, uh. Uh-uh. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Well, believe it or not, I think we are done with our conversation how quick did that go wow went by like a blink of an eye blink of an eye right you guys all did great thank Thank you you. thank you brendan thank you stephanie all right so i'm so excited to chat with our second guest today steph and i are talking Dr. Mary Van Hannigan, also known in our community as Dr. Mary. She's the executive director of the WSA. Um, She's been on board with us since August of 2022. Uh, But throughout her 20-year career, she has led a variety of disability-led initiatives. Um, In 2013, she was the chief executive officer for the Chapters of the Ark in Alaska and Texas. And prior to those roles, she worked for one of Western New York's largest nonprofit health and human service agencies. She earned a bachelor's degree in business management from the University of Buffalo. And since she has been with the WSA, she and her staff have led uh, many exciting transformations. Please welcome Dr. Mary. Hi. When Steph says she's excited to meet you, she was very excited, right, Steph? You were fangirling over Oh, yeah. Yeah, very excited. You're making me blush. (laughs) (laughs) How long have you been a doctor for the William syndrome community. Well, I came, I came on in July of 2022. I actually um, was still onboarding, but I got to come to the convention in July, which uh-huh. was really exciting. So I got to meet a handful of people um, and that was a great opportunity. And so going about six months now. Oh, that's amazing. Mary, why don't you talk to us about since you've been on board with the WSA, what things you've been working on? Because I feel like you've been busy. <laughs> yes, uh, I have been very busy. Um, one of the things that I have been focusing on is meeting people. 
Um, so meeting with medical professionals, with researchers, and then my favorite part, which is meeting with individuals with Williams syndrome and their families. So it's been a bit of a whirlwind to try and um, say hi and get to meet all those. And there's a huge list. It's a very, very big community. I know that Williams syndrome is rare, but um, the community is very, very strong and there is a solid group of people there. So uh, a big part of what I've been doing is getting the chance to meet people. I've been helping the organization in some of its operational aspects so that Ooh. we can really be virtual. Yeah. So uh, uh, we implemented a handful of things that allow us to, you know, access everybody all across the country in different ways and in enhanced ways. For example, like we're doing a Zoom right now, we actually, Zoom is our platform for our communication system. So now when someone calls the WSA, it's actually through Zoom and I can transfer it to to Joel in Minnesota or you know anywhere I can transfer the calls. We can turn them into some videos. There's text capacity. Um, so it's, it's pretty cool. So one of the things that I've been doing is helping the organization build some of that remote capacity infrastructure. And then um, I've been working with the board uh, to get to know them and develop the goals for the organization that we want to put in place for not only 2023, um, but but beyond. And so those have been the, the big pieces. Very, very busy, though. There's a lot to learn, a lot of people to meet, a lot to do. It's exciting, but it's a lot. <laughs> So, and there's still a long list of people that I really want to meet who I haven't had a chance to meet yet um, or get to work with. So, so the list is, the list is ongoing. I would be really interested to work with you at some point. Yeah, absolutely. I felt, I, I was really, I was honored and excited. And as I mentioned earlier, a little nervous when Joel told me about this opportunity to come on this newly formed podcast. So thank you for having me. It means, it means a lot. <laughs> oh, you're very welcome. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm just so happy about this. It was a dream of mine for years, and now it's finally happening. So I'm very excited. Awesome, Mary. <laughs> I know you've worked with other um, disability people with disabilities and other uh, different types of disabilities. How has your time been working specifically with just Williams syndrome syndrome individuals? So it's been eye-opening in a lot of ways because I've worked with individuals with Williams syndrome in the past and I've worked with individuals with all different types of intellectual and development disabilities over the past 20 years but I've never had um a focus so so intense like that as 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 this has been and it's been really it's been really amazing to me I know that there's a, a knowledge base that we want to build, but the knowledge that's already there. And for somebody who has worked with, for example, some, someone with Williams syndrome in the past, there are many things that I just didn't even, I didn't even know about Williams syndrome. So I, it's been a fast track, but there's just, it's, there's so many um, different components and it's such a wide uh, spectrum. It's not, there is not a, you know, one size fits all for any of us. Um, and definitely not for people with, with Williams syndrome. And it's been really, really interesting for me personally and professionally to learn all the different nuances and all the things that can come along with having Williams syndrome. So, um, and I, I feel like I'm not even on, I, I, I'm going to be an ongoing learner. I don't feel like I'm even on the tip of the iceberg. Um, there's so much, so much to learn. 
but I've really enjoyed it so far. Yeah. And it seems like you've been embraced by the community, which I mean, there's no other better community than the Williams Syndrome um, Association, but I I think that they've been really excited um, to have you on board. This is so, everyone's so tight knit, so welcoming. I mean, the amount of the, 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 the welcome has been beyond more. I've immediately, even from the day I was at the convention, when I first interactions with people, people were just um, really supportive and it's, it's been a great experience. Oh, that's wonderful. And you're still in Texas, right? I am. I am currently residing in Texas. Are you in mm-hmm. Austin? Uh, I am outside of Austin. I originally relocated from Alaska to Texas and I was in Austin, but um, oh, wow. I am now, I guess I'm a little more east uh, or closer to College Station for people who are familiar with the area. That's where A&M is. So someplace in between the two. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Well, Joel tells me that you're a, a fan of karaoke. Maybe you and Steph can talk about karaoke songs. <laughs> you like karaoke? Um, sometimes I'm not a good singer, but I like the music. I love music so much. Like it's been a big influence on in my life and I've been lucky to, to, um, go see some concerts. Yeah, for sure. One of the things I like about karaoke is that you don't have to know the words and you don't necessarily have to, you know, really be able to sing. You can, you can, you can pull it off in in any regard, especially if you've got a good, a good, uh, a good soundtrack. I was uh, mentioning to Sarah that as we're trying to plan for our convention in 2024 in Phoenix, uh, my my two cents was I'd really love to have some karaoke going on at that event if we can pull it off that would be oh that'd be fun i thought so (laughs) what's your go-to song Hmm. for me it's tricky it just uh mm, i like a lot of 80s um yeah soft cell tainted love is one of my favorites so that's probably probably up there yeah but um you know i could do a handful of them uh you know i i like i like a lot of different genres so I can, I can go all through the ages and all the different genres. Some I do a little better than others, you know. So, <laughs> Steph, would you go Fleetwood Mac? Because you told me oh, you're yeah. a big Fleetwood, Fleetwood Mac. Yeah. Nice. nice. Oh my God! Yeah, I love Fleetwood Mac. I love Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young. I love the Beach Boys. I love Queen. Oh God, nice. the list goes on and on and on. <laughs> I love it. That's pretty diverse. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> pretty diverse. Well, Mary, looking forward, what's sort of your next focus? I know you've been working on the new clinic in Pennsylvania. Um, I know you're working on um, the new consortium for WS. Tell us a little bit about like what's on your immediate radar. So uh, for 2023, and I know some information went uh, went out about this, but we're trying to focus on what we're calling the three C's. So connection, communication and collaboration. And everything we're doing is within one of those buckets. Um, When we're looking at uh, collaboration, we've got, uh, there is a center of excellence that's being started uh, at CHOP at Penn State. And so I've been on an advisory committee for that to help that get going. Uh, We have, when it comes to the consortium, the consortium has nine 
medical institutions across the country that are represented currently. And mm -hmm. those represent clinics. So Williams Syndrome specialty clinics, which are um, in all different states. We have two new ones that are coming on. One's actually here in Texas and Houston and the other one's in Chicago. Those will be announced oh, wow. soon. Uh, we're preparing for the convention that's at the forefront. Um, we're getting ready for the Adventure Seekers uh, trip to Disney. So that's um, in the works. And then there's a handful of other things that are going to come out in the next month or so. But one of the things I'm really excited about, which it's not technically ready to be promoted yet, but I'll share it anyway, um, is uh, a language line. Um, we're going to have the capacity to talk to our members in pretty much any any language. Um, and it's a service that we've been looking at for a while, but we're going to be able to roll that out in the next um, month or so, which I think will be really helpful because we've had a number of people call in who, you know, you know, English is not their primary language and trying to be able to give them the resources that they need is incredibly important for us. So, so that's one of the other projects that we're working on. Yeah, that's similar to like um, if somebody was deaf or hard of hearing, right? They could call into a line and like get like kind of third party support. Mm -hmm. Yep. Okay. Oh, that's wonderful. Oh, wow. that's um, amazing. Yeah, Steph, what other things can you think of as a person who has Williams syndrome? Um, what other initiatives are, would you like Mary to focus on? Or has she covered them all? It feels like you've covered a lot of ground. <laughs> um, I think genetics is important. Like, I think that's very important. I see a genetics doctor and I'm actually doing a survey for her about what foods <laughs> well i i've met i've met more geneticists geneticists in the past six months than i have my entire life i'll tell you that i've met a lot of really amazing um uh, clinical team members that have you know dedicated a significant portion if not all of their career to to williams syndrome just to, to understanding williams syndrome and how to create the best um, standards for care and supports and services to give people as much independence as possible. And that's one of the goals mm -hmm. of the consortium is to implement best practices across the U.S. so that the yeah. standard care is consistent and that the information is consistent. That's also, um, I'll do a quick plug for the registry, but we have Dr. Par Barbara Pover um, developed a, a registry so people with Williams syndrome could go on basically online and create a profile and be part of this registered community. And now that um, has evolved and it's housed under the WSA. And we're gonna be promoting that, have been promoting that because um, once we create that community, then we'll be able to provide information to those who are on that list about research uh, studies, about best practices, um, information that they can tap into for their, for all the you know medical kind of care today and other opportunities for future, you know, studies or dental care protocols. Oh, that'd be amazing. That's going to be very amazing. Yeah, I'm excited. You got to get you signed up. Yeah, I definitely want to do that. That's pretty cool. Now, I do oh, have wonderful. a question for you. Um, the Phoenix trip, is that going to be... Can people get scholarships for that or do you have to pay like fully on your own? That's a great question. So one of the things I'm, I'm working on right now is also scholarships and how mm. people can apply for them because there are funds set aside by some really amazing um, 
community members and donors that wanted to give people an opportunity to participate in different things. There's scholarships for music, for camp, and there is a large scholarship for convention. Um, uh, what I'm doing right now, the reason I haven't sent anything out to the community is because we're just finalizing how how the scholarships will be set up. So how how do you apply? Mm -hmm. And then how are people selected? Um, we're crafting all of that, and then we're going to publish it. So it's still kind of in in its infancy in in the infrastructure part. But yes, there uh -huh. is there are funds, and it is in the next few months. There's going to be information coming out about that, about how you can apply. Um, but there is opportunities to get scholarships to go to convention. Oh, that's awesome because I won't be able to do the Florida trip, but I want to go to the Arizona trip. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, 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 yeah, it's on the it's on the agenda for the first quarter to get that that all buttoned up. So that was a really good question because so many people. Um, who have Williams syndrome or not, their families, they want to go and they don't know what resources are available to them. So um, I'm glad that you asked that question and that we'll be hopefully getting some information out to people who are listening on how they can apply. That is wonderful. Our, I think we might be near the end of our podcast time, believe it or not. It feels like it's so long, that 15 oh, wow. minutes. It's really short. Yeah, <laughs> I know. <laughs> How many more questions did you have? You probably had a million more questions for Miss Mary, right, Steph? Uh, <laughs> no, I'm pretty good. I think I got the question I want to ask. Well, I'll, I'll well, you want me to come back at any point, just let me know. Okay. It was nice meeting Wonder you, Dr. Mary. It was great meeting you, too. I can't wait to meet you in person. Bye, Jennifer. Bye, guys. You've been listening to The Starry-Eyed Effect, presented by the Williams Syndrome Association. The show is hosted by Jennifer Keaton and Stephanie Karen, and produced by me, Joel Lispin. Theme song by Tommy Barbarella and Mariella Elm. Got a question for Steph and Jen? Email us at podcast at williams-syndrome.org. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, and maybe it will get featured on a future episode. Make sure to like and subscribe to The Starry-Eyed Effect wherever you get your podcast delights.